The joyous morning chorus of birdsong broke in on my prayers this morning. God, who dwells in his complex creation, spreads his shining joy among young and old, strong and frail, certain and uncertain, all who look to his everlasting love and hope. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service. Despite what is wrong on earth, the Lord is good, and we give thanks. We have much to celebrate, too, as we look again at God's creation and our call to care for it. We've been working together for two years now, and St David's has a Silver Eco Church Award to mark the progress which we've made together. Of course, it's a lifetime's journey, and this service is a reminder of some of the reasons that urges us on. Now we're going to have our first hymn for the beauty of the earth. worship from Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Day by day proclaim his victory. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds to every people. Let the heavens rejoice and the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and everything in it. Let the fields exult, and all that is in them. Let all the trees of the forest shout for joy before the Lord when he comes, when he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and peoples by his faithfulness. Churches across the UK have been having Climate Sunday services over the last few months in the run-up to COP26, the United Nations Climate Change Conference, taking place this November in Glasgow. Over 1,900 churches have held services so far to focus on and pray about climate change. 
We're about to watch a video about Salotte, who is seven years old and lives on an island in the South Pacific, which shows some of the effects that climate change is already ha having on people's lives. My name's Salotte. I'm seven today. My home is an island a long way away and people in plains come for miles to see our beaches and sunshine and sparkly sea. The island was nicer when Nana was young. She's lived here forever with Daddy and Mum. When I was a little girl, Nana complains, we knew when the fields and the seasons would change. The ocean was busy with colourful fish. We'd play on the beaches whenever we wished. Daddy's a tour guide, but he isn't here. He's out on his tour boat for most of the year. The visitors don't want to look at the reef, and lots of the fishes have fallen asleep. The water is hotter, the coral is white. There isn't much left where the fish used to hide. Daddy said Earth's like a very big house, where people are only as big as a mouse. But people like fires, and make lots of smoke and play with the taps until everything's soaked. They run through the rooms like there's nobody else and raid all the cupboards to keep for themselves. Mummy's a farmer, but she's feeling sad. The wind started shouting, the water got mad. They ran up the beach and pushed open the door. They turned off the lights and left mud on the floor. I don't understand why they made such a fuss. Why is the weather so angry at us? There's salt in the fields now, and less of the grain. And mummy lost all of her crops in the rain. We can't go to market, or cook them for tea. So mummy leaves most of her dinner to me. School isn't open for now, mummy said. She wants me to help in the field instead. Nana's been coughing. She walks with a stick. The weather's so angry, it's making her sick. The road to the hospital broke in the night, so she stays in bed. She says she's all right. I wish I could study and look for the cure, but I don't have time for my books anymore. Nan's a believer. She talks about God. She told me a story about a big flood. She says, God is bigger than all of the waves, but we should look after the world he has made. It's not just a playground, all pretty to view. Our brothers and sisters rely on it too. Now for a prayer confession. We do not always appreciate what our lifestyle does to God's earth. So let us pray. When we are unkind to people and forget that they are God's children. When we are careless, the animals, and forget that they are God's creation. When we ill-treat the land and forget the splendor of God. Forgive us, O oh Lord, God of love and reconcile us to yourself, to one another, and to the creation. Teach us that the earth and all its fullness is yours, the world and all who dwell in it. Remind us that your son too enjoyed the fruits of the harvest in Galilee, and joins us 
now as we celebrate your good gifts together. Call us again to safeguard the gift of life, now and forever. Amen. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. The reading is taken from Jeremiah, chapter 5, verses 22 to 28. Have you no fear of me, says the Lord? Will you not tremble before me, who set the sand as bounds for the sea, a limit it never can pass? Its waves may heave and toss, but they are powerless. Roar as they may, they cannot pass. But this people has a rebellious and defiant heart. They have rebelled and gone their own way. They did not say to themselves, Let us fear the Lord our God, who gives the rains of autumn and spring showers in their turn, who brings us unfailing fixed harvest seasons. But your wrongdoings has upset nature's order, and your sins have kept away her bounty. For among my people there are scoundrels who, like fowlers, lay snares and set deadly traps. They prey on their fellows. Their houses are full of fraud as a cage is full of birds. They grow great and rich, sleek and bloated. They turned a blind eye to wickedness and refused to do justice. The claims of the fallenness they do not uphold, nor do they defend the poor at law. This is the word of the Lord.
Gospel reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 10, from verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honour your father and your mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked round and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. This is the Gospel of the Lord. We're going to share some ideas from Christian Aid on the Gospel reading. Scientists are telling us that we're on the brink of climate crisis. This is a crisis that will only be averted if we ask the question that this young man asked Jesus. What must we do? What must we do in order to reverse the tide of disaster for those already living with the effects of climate change? And to leave an inheritance of life for those who come after us. How are we to deal with our addiction to consumption and our carbon-hungry lifestyles? If we fail to care for creation, the way is open for destruction and hearts are hardened. We should pray that all who have positions of responsibility in economic, political and social life act with goodwill that we are all protectors of God's plan, inscribed in nature, protectors of one another and the environment. It's within the scope of all of us to look at the landscape with spiritual as well as physical eyes and appreciate it for what it is and for the way it influences our understanding, both of ourselves and of our Creator. A growing passion for the beauty of the landscape with spiritual as well as physical and appreciate it for what it is and for the way it influences our understanding both of ourselves and our creator. A growing passion for the beauty of all the world in which we work can lead to renewal of our attitudes to the mundane tasks that we face day to day. For all this we give thanks to God and pray for his guidance. The encounter of the rich young man with Jesus was a pivotal moment, a time for him to be challenged to re-evaluate his priorities and his attitude to God and his fellow human beings. Jesus cut straight to the heart of the issue and straight to his heart. You have to give up what keeps you from doing what you really need to do. The young man was a respectable, law-abiding, devout Jew he kept the commandments and did nothing to harm those around him. And yet, he was ill at ease. First century Palestine was a time of particular expectation among the Jews. 
a watershed between the present age and the age to come, the time of God's anticipated kingdom. He was wealthy, and at that time, wealth was seen as evidence of God's blessing. Jesus had compassion on the young man and desperately wanted to lead him to his answer. Jesus discerned his heart and what was in it that was holding him back from the full life of God's kingdom. The disciples were clearly shocked as the young man, by the interchange between him and Jesus, they too were brought, were brought into the idea that wealth was a sign of God's favour. So Jesus shocks them into a new understanding with a laughable sentence. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus, in this story, is offering a gate, a way through from one life into another. He tells the young man, you lack one thing. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. In what Jesus says, the young man glimpses what is on the other side, on the other side of that gate, but goes away shocked and grieving. Today, we are focusing on climate crisis. So if we want to pray about the future of the planet and our role in its care, we might ask, as the young man did, what must we do? Not to inherit eternal life, but to allow people a full, dignified life in the here and now, and to leave an inheritance of life for those who come after us. What would we hear Jesus saying in reply? Is there one thing we lack the thing Jesus might ask us to get rid of or change? What is it that is destroying our relationship with the earth and its people, and thus our relationship with God? Are there things that get in the way of our relationship with God and his creation, the so-called must-haves of our lives, our compliance with our consumer culture, our energy-thirsty appliances, our lifestyle, our investment in financial security. What must we shed, let go of, give away, in order that we might stand open-armed and open-hearted in the gateway, get a better glimpse of what is on the other side and move forward. When Jesus says that it is very difficult for the rich to get into the kingdom of heaven, he's not talking about somewhere we go when we die, but somewhere open to us now. This is countercultural. Jesus invites us into the fullness of life in a culture where the meek will inherit the earth and the merciful are blessed. Happy, he says, are the poor in spirit, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, are those who mourn. This is a culture clash in head-on collision with our culture that says happy are those who can buy cheap flights, happy are those who shop, Blessed are the ones who live in big houses. On the one hand, then, is the kingdom of God, the realm in which the power of God is pervasive and the values and priorities of God prevail. On the other is a realm where other values and priorities prevail and the power of possessions and self-interest is what matters. And we, not surprisingly, find it a struggle to live in both at the same time. Jesus teaches clearly that to pass through the eye of a needle, we need to be embracing the things 
of the kingdom of God. In giving something up, we are invited to take something up. Instead of feeling helpless in the face of the climate crisis, we're invited to respond to the question that Jesus raises. How do we value our possessions? How do we value our neighbour? What kind of community do we want to build locally and globally? We buy cheap clothes from the supermarket, many made in sweatshops in Asia and Eastern Europe. How can we maintain a lifestyle that is so disproportionately that it benefits us against others? And think that we are conforming to the values of God's kingdom, God's way of doing things. It is like trying to force ourselves through the eye of a needle. Let's be clear. The opposite of obsessive and exploitative wealth is not poverty. Poverty crushes hope and denies potential. It undermines our inhumanity by making the fight for survival our dominating aim. It humiliates us, it prevents us from taking control of our own lives. Poverty is, is most certainly not God's will for us. It has to, no place in God's culture. Poverty, like wealth, is a physical and spiritual problem. God's kingdom is a challenge to our values, our culture, and the way that we see the world. It challenges us to see that our material wealth and others' material poverty are both spiritual diseases. Poor communities are directly suffering as a result of our lifestyle but we can engage in healing by supporting development projects, making lifestyle changes, and lobbying governments. We're taking action so that together we may become spiritually rich and wholly sustained. The Climate Sunday initiative is asking all churches participating and members of their congregations to think about what action they could commit to in order to be part of that change. On the 5th of September, they presented the combined commitments to the UK government to show them, ahead of the Climate Change Conference, that churches care about what happens to God's creation and that we will support them to be courageous, to act boldly, ambitiously, and compassionately on the issue of climate change at that conference. The message of the gospel is challenging, but at the same time, it is constant and encouraging. Jesus, who encourages neither poverty nor riches, is clear, though exasperatingly elusive. When the disciples are astounded and ask each other, who can be saved? Jesus looks at them and says, for mortals, it's impossible. But for God, for God, all things are possible. The things of the world can entangle and constrain us, yet it is always possible by the grace of God to cut loose and enter into the freedom that Jesus inhabited. His disciples shared, and which is the lived experience of the kingdom and the rule of God, a kingdom beyond the domain of possessions and riches, but where all know the worth of community and relationship. Where is God inviting us into this new life? What is God asking us to let go of or set aside? Maybe it's to eat less meat, replacing at least one meal a week with a vegetarian option. Perhaps it's to cut down on our consumption, being mindful about what we're buying, and purchasing only things that we really need, trying to reduce and reuse wherever possible. It might be to reduce the number of car journeys we take, or to walk or cycle instead, or maybe it's to consider greener options for our energy suppliers and investments. It may be to show the church's care for God's creation by lobbying for change. You may feel called to add your voice to the Climate Cymru campaign 
to tell government leaders you care. And there are details of where to find this and how to do it in the bulletin. The list of names, they're aiming at 10,000, will be handed to the Senez next week. You could sign the Climate Coalition Time Is Now declaration in order to lobby the Prime Minister for cleaner energy, to protect green spaces and support those vulnerable to the effects of climate change. This can be done as individuals or as a church. Details in the bulletin. Or maybe it's to pray for the world leaders in the run-up to the Climate Change Conference and also for our church as we think of other things we might potentially do. Whatever it may be, may the Lord be with us as we journey. And now we have a hymn, Seek Ye First. Let us pray. Lord of creation, we pray for all the creatures with whom we share the earth, from the smallest beetle to the largest whale. We particularly pray for those species whose existence is endangered by humanity's impact on the earth. Creatures like the polar bears, green sea turtles, mountain gorillas and snow leopards. Help us to put the needs of your creation before our own. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our siblings in this and other countries whose lives have been damaged by the extreme weather effects of climate change. We pray for those who's, who've lost their homes to lava on La Palma, those who have been affected by other recent disasters. We pray for those who have lost homes, lands or livelihoods. We particularly pray for those in extreme poverty who are unable to escape the consequences of these ever-recurring events and those who have 
been forced to leave their homes, becoming refugees. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those standing up for the displaced and vulnerable, for development agencies and aid workers, for churches in threatened areas. Grant them strength and determination to continue in their endeavours. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for your church across the world, remembering today in the cycle of prayer, the church in the province of West Indies and Brecon Cathedral. May we lead the way, showing others the importance of caring for your creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our politicians and governments in the UK, as well as the leaders of the nations. Grant them listening ears so they may discern your will and the courage to act for the, for the good of creation and the future of generations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the community of Lachar and Gosainen, our congregation and clergy and our city of Swansea. We particularly pray for those who are unwell, grieving, anxious, lonely or struggling. Wrap your arms around them, Lord. Help them to know your love and care. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for ourselves and our lifestyles. Help us to take steps to reduce our impact on the creation and to stand up for, for its impact for its protection. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord of creation, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Prayer of Collect. God, our Father, you never cease the work you have begun and prosper with your blessing in all human labour. Make us wise and faithful stewards of your gifts, that we may serve the common good and maintain the fabric of our world, and seek the justice where all may share the good things you pour upon us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now let us say together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your, your kingdom, kingdom come, come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. Do you believe and trust in God, the Father, the creator of all? I believe, I believe and, and trust, trust in God, God the Father. Father. Do you believe in his Son, Jesus Christ, the Saviour of the world? I, I believe, believe and trust in God, the Son. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life? I, I believe and trust in God, the Holy Spirit. Spirit. This is the faith of the church. This, this is, is our, our faith. faith. We, we believe and trust in one God, Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. You asked for our hands that you might use them for your purpose. We gave them for a moment, then withdrew them, for the work was hard. You asked for our mouths to speak out against injustice. We gave you a whisper that we might not be accused. You asked for our lives that you might work through us. We gave a small part that we might not get too involved. Lord, forgive our calculated efforts to serve you only when it is convenient for us to do so, only in those places where it is safe to do so, and only in those who make it easy to do so. Lord, forgive us, renew us, 
Heal us, nurture us, empower us. Send us out as instruments of your peace and justice that we might take seriously the meaning of servant leadership. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ, amen. amen.